This is an AMI podcast. Have you ever wanted to find out some of the things we do and say on commercial breaks? Well, you're about to hear some things you've never heard before on the neutral zone. Be warned, as the saying goes on our show, you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Viewer discretion is advised. We'll do it live. We'll do it live from AMI headquarters in the center of it all. Holy moly! This the most zany, unbelievable, is the most amazing, sensational, dramatic in history. The neutral zone. Oh my goodness! Hey folks, what's going on? It's another edition of the Neutral Zone. I am your host, Brock Richardson. Joined by Dave Recavina and Brett Wills. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Very well. Uh, I think, you know, Toronto is often referred to as the center of the universe, especially in hockey terms. But, I mean, today it definitely is. I mean, you have the look at it all. You have the Jays playing at 3 o'clock, either 3.07, I think it is. You got the Raptors playing at 5 o'clock. You got the Leafs and the Bruins going on at 8. And then uh, for some, even it doesn't even end there. I think the Marlies play at home this afternoon. You got that Grand Slam of curling event at the Old Gardens there at the Madame Athletic Center. It seems like you got something for everyone today. You also can't forget the Toronto FC are playing at home as well at four. Are they playing at home? They're oh. playing at home oh, against I, I, Seattle. Oh, I thought they were playing out in Seattle. But anyway, I stand corrected. And finally, and most importantly, Toronto, I am in you. Therefore, you are definitely the center of the universe today. Wow. You hold that much uh, power with Toronto, I, do you? i got to say one thing here. Again, I repeat, it's too bad that we don't have a camera in here so that there isn't like an, uh, a, a video portion of this. we got Brock wearing a Raptors jersey. we got Brett wearing a Leaf jersey. You guys have the bases covered. Uh, Jeff, you should have been wearing a Blue Jay jersey. To, and, and, and Brett has a Blue Jay cap on as well. Uh, Jeff, you and I are the outcasts here. Yeah, we're I'm just dressed a, normally. I'm wearing a Hockey Canada cap, so I, I don't know if that's just me signaling I'm ready for the, the world. But they start. don't. That's not going to get going yet for another few weeks. Though, yeah, I yeah. I, I probably should have worn a jersey of some sort. I was thinking of wearing my wearing a Bruins jersey. I mean, I still have <laughs> faith. I still have faith, but uh, I thought, you know what, I, I I don't need to be the center of attention. Sorry, I just spoke for all of Oh, that's Toronto. all right. You know, we'd let you in the, in the studio if you were wearing your Golden Knights jersey. Probably not your Bruins jersey, though. Okay, yeah. I, I, I thought of that, too, but then I didn't want you guys to say that I was front-running just because Vegas won and the Bruins, uh, or at least Vegas is tied 1-1 now, but... Uh, uh, the Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning, I don't know, but I guess we'll get into that in more detail and, later and it, on. And it's okay to be a Bruins fan, but it's also okay to understand that you're going to be deeply disappointed in less than two weeks. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, be careful with that one. Lots be, of confidence. Be very, very yeah, yeah, careful be, with that one. You know, you got to win four games. Hey, no, yeah. listen, I've already won my Stanley Cup. The, Le- the, Leafs hey. won, the Leafs won game one. You see, that's the problem with uh, Toronto fans. He just you win. spoke for the entire... You did. Yeah, you really are part of the universe, Brett. <laughs> front and center. Don't give him that much help. So are, are, are you going to be front and center down at uh, Jurassic Park slash Maple Leaf Square tonight? No, tonight I can't. Uh, I, I've got a previous engagement... That was booked six weeks ago before Ooh. I knew. Yeah, before you knew anything. Was Again. Going, yeah. Boo. Hey, listen, wow. I'm not a Fairweather fan, but I do not break commitments. So if somebody okay. if somebody makes okay. plans with me, I'm not going to just mm. snap my fingers and say, can't make it, at least playing tonight. I wonder if, Fair uh, enough. hey, I wonder if Cuba Cam is uh, flying over wherever he is. Hey, li- listen, speak, <laughs> talking about Cuba Cam right now. I am very, very disappointed in Cuba Cam. He is our social media guru, and there was nothing on social media reminding all of our listeners that you and Dave and Jeff and myself were going to be in studio today. You know what? I'll I'll cut Cam slack on this one, though, because maybe the guy is having such a great time in Cuba that, you know, we never even entered his mind. I'm going to bet my entire life savings that he is either – on the plane right now or he's in the airport right now in Cuba 
nursing a heck of a hangover. But you know what? Yeah, he's, that's possible. He's pretty, Very possible. He's pretty dedicated to this show, as we found out last week, as he was flying over... Uh, 30,000 feet above 30, Savannah, Georgia. 30,000 feet and telling us we... He was listening to us, so I have no doubt that if he has the capability, he is currently listening. And to be honest with you, Brett, if I was away and in Cuba, I don't know if I would do social media either. So, yeah, I agree. I so, agree. So, if we can touch on Savannah, Georgia for a bit, and it's it's a little bit out of the way, but uh, the Masters is this weekend. Yes, that's right. And uh, Corey Connors, uh, he's uh, not our own, our lone Canadian in the tournament. But he, I think he's our, our best bet to win the green jacket. Who knows? But and like, uh, I guess uh, Tiger's uh, being Tiger again, and that's great. It's good for the game. I'm kind of tired of Tiger Woods. Well, I, I love a line that Bob McCowan came up with on his show the other day regarding the Masters. He said, the Masters doesn't really start until you get to the 10th hole on Sunday afternoon. That's when everything happens. Do you actually like listening to the dinosaur? I, I, McCowan, I think he's great. Okay, because because he's starting to wear on my patience. Really? Yeah. Oh no, no, I I, I can listen to him all all day. I, I like him. Yeah, and obviously he's not uh, wearing on other people's patience because they signed him on for another uh, well two years now. But... And and that's fantastic. But some of his uh, opinions or matter of fact statements that he claims to have are a little bit dull. But he really? but, but he's toned down. Oh the, yeah, yeah. He's he's maybe fifteen percent of what he used to be when he first started. Oh man, you know. By the way, I wanted to comment on your whole planning the Maple Leafs parade. I wanted to point out to you that ask the London Knights how winning three games and they're still playing hockey against. Can, the can you really compare the OHL to the NHL though? Well, in the sense that, yeah, I know full well. It's what never Brock over till it's that's over. That's right. You got to win four games. And yeah. Hey, listen, the fat lady sang the other night, and I, I was thrilled as punch. Brett, on behalf of Toronto fans, stop <laughs> jinxing this right now. Just shut up and stop. No, 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 listen, Brett, listen, keep it up. Listen. Keep it up. I love it. I listen, love it. I know, I know Dave is a Boston Bruins fan, and that's fine, but I had... Very little expectation this year for our Maple Leafs because I knew that there were holes in our lineup. So by winning one game, there's no more holes? No, 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 no. My Stanley Cup has been won. They won a game one for the first time in like a thousand years. And I'm being a little bit dramatic. Brett, Brett, please. I'm going to take a break in about 30 seconds because I just, I feel like you're jinxing the Leafs and I can't handle it. Oh, keep it up. I love it. Well, if I'm jinxing the Leafs and they end up losing the series, you can reach me at Neutral Zone Brett and uh, send me all the bad messages you want. Oh, and bad food. Oh, I am. <laughs> Jeff, 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 Jeff you, you are the connoisseur and convener of the bad food for me. Yeah, so. I tried the bad food thing at the uh, blind hockey weekend, and they they indulged in these sour pickles. Yeah, you guys onions, loved so. it. I got to find something that's a little bit uh, less bit. enticing, I guess. <laughs> I guess I still owe you a, a handful of things to Yeah, ingest. well, I think the other handful is going to be Brought to you by Jeff Ryman because <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't do the the, the the bet justice there. On that note, we're going to take a break here on the neutral zone. Coming back, we're going to speak with um, basketball superstar in Ontario, Eric Voss. Right after the break, here on the neutral zone on AMI Audio and Voices for Ability, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Brett Wills, Dave Recavina, and Jeff Ryman in our control room. Well, we like to have uh, para-athletes on our program uh, every once in a while because 
we just do that here at the Neutral Zone. And joining us this week is Eric Voss, who represented Team Ontario at the 2019 Canada Games in Red Deer. Eric, thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. I guess we'll start, Eric, by talking about how you got started in wheelchair basketball. Uh, one of my dad's uh, good friends uh, got in a car accident, and uh, he just thought when I was born that it would be a good uh, outlet for me to just be uh, with other people that are the same way, and it was good. Eric, uh, you were at the 2019 Canada Games in Red Deer. Uh, tell us about your experiences there. How, how was the overall time you were there? Uh, it was an amazing experience. Uh, Red Deer put on a, a great show there. Uh, it was my third Canada Games now. Uh, it just keeps getting better every year. Uh, it just The access for the athletes is amazing. Uh, the volunteers were uh, great there, uh, always willing to help. It was great experience Eric you just alluded to the fact that this is your third Canada Games that you just experienced what was the biggest difference between this Canada Games and the previous ones that you attended uh, I think the main difference was uh, back in 2011 I was a young kid I was just basically starting, uh, starting in the sport I really looked up to the, the big names that we had back in 2011 and they showed me a lot uh, for me to grow as an athlete and now uh, in my third Canada Games I was able to uh, show our younger athletes the game and how to present themselves at, at the Canada Winter Games and I just grew up overall as a whole athlete to be able to make that next step to hopefully the national team eventually. You had a, a moment uh, during the games where you guys beat Quebec, and um, there was a picture that surfaced in uh, on social media after the game with the celebration where you and another one of your teammates were uh, celebrating. Can you describe to us the moment uh, that once you guys won against Team Quebec? <laughs> it was a very surreal moment. Uh, no one's been able to beat Quebec because they're a, an amazing program, as a whole, they haven't lost, I think, since uh, 2000. They've won since then. So uh, for us to be the team to finally compete with them and finally be able to win, it was just an amazing experience. And to do it with the group of athletes that I had, it was amazing to be able to do that. Eric, uh, similar to your experience, your coach, Kathy Ludwig, uh, this was also her third go-around, we understand, at the Canada Games, uh, but first time as a head coach. But in any event, uh, I guess obviously there's a bit of a parallel there with the two of you. Uh, can you tell us about, uh, can you describe the relationship you've had with her during your basketball career with Team Ontario? Uh, it was, it's been great going uh, through these three Canada Games with Kathy She's been such a good uh, coach, uh, just helping me to grow, um, just to be able to do this finally after our third Canada Games was an amazing experience. Hey, Eric, uh, for our listeners that don't know, uh, you are dating Tamara Steves. And, <laughs> yes, and it's my understanding that you both play wheelchair basketball She's on the women's, uh, the senior women's team, as far as I know. Yes, she is. And you play provincially, or do you also play for Canada? Uh, I did play for Canada at the junior national level uh, in 2015. So my my question is this: Who's the better basketball player? <laughs> uh, I'd have to say her, I guess. <laughs> Atta boy, good job. He asked me, you know what, it's funny because he said to me the other day, can I ask this question? And I said, you know what, fair game, go for it. But uh, I bet you he's going to tell you uh, Tamara Steves, and you proved me right. <laughs> she is. She's an amazing player. What's the – so now you've uh, completed your third uh, Canada Games. What's the th thing that Eric Voss will remember uh, through all the times of – different places over the 12 years of experience with the Canada Games? Uh, just 
the whole event itself, uh, being there with so many different sports, uh, disabled and non-disabled, I've got to meet a lot of amazing athletes, just absolutely amazing experience throughout the 12 years. <laughs> Did you have a, a favorite place that you uh, visited over the 12 years for the Canada Games? Uh, Red Deer was definitely a great place, uh, but as a whole, just all of them like have ran amazing events, just uh, really good for the athletes to experience. Hey, Eric, uh, now that uh, your Canada Games career is at an end, uh, my question is is this. What's next for Eric Voss? <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a long time in this sport. I, I love it. Uh, I'm ho really hoping to hopefully make the men's national team in the near future. Yeah, what's uh, what's the next step for you in that sense, if that's the goal? Uh, I've been training at the National Academy in uh, Scarborough uh, for the last uh, five years, just being able to train with all of the men's national team and women's national team at the same time has really helped me to develop my game to the best of my abilities, and hopefully one day I'll surpass all the amazing players that have been there before me. Eric, thank you so much for uh, taking the time this morning to do this interview. We greatly appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. That was Eric Voss, Team Ontario uh, athlete in the Canada Games that just took place in Red Deer, Alberta. They took home the uh, second place uh, medal. They were defeated by the hometown Alberta team. So a very good showing for them. And as he mentioned, um, Beating Team Quebec was uh, uh, a good thing for them. With that, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a deep dive into the NHL playoffs. We may even discuss some of the off-ice stuff that's gone on. There's been a lot of that as well. Stay tuned right after the break. Here on the Neutral Zone, we'll be right back. I think it's fair to give Jeff the uh, credit that he deserves. No. Taking the show and... Uh, you have been I wasn't asking for that. We were just going to say we could just complain about how crappy a laugh no, was. Do you have an applause soundtrack handy? What's that? Do you have an applause soundtrack handy? Uh, let me check. <laughs> Brent's farting in the <laughs> It's terrible. It's awful. Uh... You just... You have no, like... <laughs> I have no control over it. Give me a break. I don't think so. That's all right. Oh, I had a, I had a Spanish song queued up in case Cam for some reason comments on something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for next week. <laughs> Put that away. We don't want to explode. <laughs> and welcome back to the Neutral Zone AMI Voices for Ability Broadcast booth, and we are set to get this ball game underway. The first pitch brought to you by Brock Richardson's Twitter account at Neutral Zone BR. In the first pitch, strike. And hey, gang, why not strike up a Twitter conversation with Brett Wills from the Neutral Zone? Find him at Neutral Zone Brett. Swinging a chopper to second base. Rukavina up with it. Throws over to first in time. Routine out. Richardson is retired. And folks, there is nothing routine about connecting with Cam Jenkins from the Neutral Zone on Twitter. Gather the family around, type in at Neutral Zone Cam J, and you're on your way. And that organ interlude was brought to you by AMI Audio on Twitter. Get in touch with the Neutral Zone. Type in at AMI Audio. We'll be back after this word from the Neutral Zone. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Jeff Ryman, Dave Rukavina, and Brett Wills. Well, we got to tell you that we here have a pretty solid team at the Neutral Zone and AMI-audio in general. We were having, I was having computer um, issues in the first and second segment. And Jeff Ryman called our guest, ran around to the studio, 
fixed my computer, almost was leaving whilst it was crashing, and I'm waving while doing the interview, trying to get him to come back. We're good to go now. And Jeff wanted to comment about the computer itself. Yeah, it's just a piece of junk. I feel like every time that uh, we log into it and there seems to be a problem, I always load Brock's script uh, onto his computer, I'd say about an hour before the show starts and gave always gives me zero problems but the second Brock uh, tries to log on it for some reason just doesn't seem to want to cooperate and uh, of course as we had our guest up and uh, you obviously want to follow along the script so you know which questions and your intros and your extras uh, are of course it sort of conks out so yeah I had to call the guest pretty quickly run around and, and and even still, when I got over there, it took uh, a couple of minutes for it to fully uh, start acting appropriately rather than giving us a bunch of error messages or pop-ups or whatever it was. So, I don't know. I think I'm going to throw that piece of junk out the window soon. <laughs> it's uh, it's live radio, folks. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes. Jeff, oh, yeah. what, what would we do without you? Uh, maybe you should paint an S on your chest and wear a red cape and, uh, you know, that's your new role around here, Superman. No, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I'm only a small fraction of this team. You guys do the heavy lifting. You guys are the ones who make the uh, show sound so great. So I feel like uh, most of it should go on you guys. Well, we appreciate you, Jeff, nonetheless. <laughs> hey, Brett's going to say something yeah, just, insightful. J- just before we, we continue, uh, I don't think we've said hi to Cameron yet. So. Yeah, I, I was actually playing that uh, Twitter interlude, so hopefully if he's listening... He can interact with us on social media. I'm actually on his Twitter page right now, and uh, it's been pretty inactive. This is uh, Neutral Zone Cam J on Twitter, and he hasn't tweeted since last Saturday. So I don't know if he's had zero internet access in Cuba or, or what, but if he's on the plane and he has Wi-Fi and he's listening in, Maybe he can tweet us, but Cameron, maybe. Cameron, if you're alive and uh, well, can you just let us know that you're okay? Well, I think there's probably two things at play here, uh, and and both could be the case. Cam could be having the time of his life down there, in which case we're all irrelevant. The other <laughs> one being, too, I think, in Cuba, is Internet access not state-controlled? Yeah, but yeah. you know what? I, I noticed intermittently all week that he had been updating Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So it it is weird though when you go to Cuba. It is it is a weird weird internet system. So Cuba Cam, if if you're hearing us, make sure you uh, reach out to us. But we understand if you're hungover, Cam. And uh, Cuba slammed. I've been I've been told by Jeff the podcast will be up by twelve oh five. So if you're yeah. not, I'll be right on that. I'm going <laughs> to upload it before the show ends. Actually, <laughs> that's okay. I won't be in my car by twelve oh five. So uh, yeah. All right, let's get to talking a little bit to NHL um, stuff. Let's just say I don't want to put it to just the playoffs. Let's start with the. Um, Kucherov hit. He's got a hearing. Was at ten thirty. I don't know if anybody has been on Twitter and known what's going on. But thoughts on the hit? Suspendable? Not suspendable? What are we thinking, boys? I guess the rationale is it's very similar to the hit that Nazem Kadri was suspended for for three games last year in the playoffs, if you recall. I'm not sure that it was, but any hit from behind, I think you do have to look at closely, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Tampa Bay in a real hole already in their series with Columbus. They can ill afford to have a guy like Kucherov out of their lineup for any amount of time. But then you could also make the argument that the way he's played in the last two games, maybe it's not going to hurt anyway. (laughs) So there's uh, no update on Kucherov on Twitter, uh, which is usually the go-to for all news. Secondly, I've watched that hit a couple of times. You you slow it down and it didn't look too bad. Um, Thirdly, I think Kucherov is injured anyway. (laughs) He he looks awful. But again, all of Tampa Bay looks awful, so maybe they're all injured. I just watched the hit again from uh, a little video here on Twitter. You know what? I I think that's just playoff hockey. I, I think it's not like he hit him from behind. The guy was on his knees and he was just finishing a check and people are complaining about that. I think that the NHL has gone too soft now and this is the playoff hockey that 
everybody seems to be talking about. And the second, there's a fraction of a little a little play like that where always oh, on his knees. And I guess it was a little bit from the blind side, but it wasn't bad. And I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a little – that's playoff hockey to me. That's how playoff hockey should be. And I'm not saying go check somebody from behind or check them from the blind side, but it wasn't a bad hit in my opinion. I feel like he probably will get some sort of discipline, although I don't think it's necessary. Jeff, I agree with you. Uh, because he's on his knees, it makes it look a lot worse totally. than it really is because he's he – He's dri- a little more vulnerable. Yeah, he's a little more vulnerable. He, he drives his head and his neck and his chest into the lower half of the boards, which we all know has no give. So, Yeah, I I don't know. I, I just – I think he is going to get suspended. I don't necessarily – think it should be but i think he is going to get suspended generally if a player is called in for a hearing you you can expect the suspension the only question is going to be how many games but uh, the other thing too is i mean you know that one like i say you can uh, you know you can you you can argue it and i think the you know there's something will uh, will come out of that one play out of the Vegas San Jose game on Wednesday night. Actually, it wasn't. It was kind of a running battle, but it culminated near the bench area in the third period. Evander Kane of the Sharks and Ryan Reeves of the Golden Knights. These guys were jabbing each other with the stick in, each, in the other guy's nether regions, and I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. that they didn't. Uh, you know that the league didn't make a big thing about that. The one, uh, the one thing I wanted you to, because I heard this too, but you were telling us before the show, mm-hmm. uh, was the uh, Columbus Tampa Bay uh, game. Pierre Maguire was was it Pierre Maguire? Yes. Yeah, Pierre Maguire was down uh, by the benches. Oh yeah, and, between yeah, yeah. and I uh, heard some comments. You want to tell sure. the listener who, oh, did, that was, who that may w- not know? That was great. Uh, I was watching, like I say, watching that game. I actually watched more of that game than any of the others because I couldn't believe what was happening, but. Anyway, at the end of the game, Victor Hedman skates over to the end of the Columbus bench, which was uh, almost right in front of where Pierre Maguire was positioned. And Maguire is telling the audience this as it's going on, but Hedman starts yakking at the Columbus bench saying, yeah, you guys should be familiar with this, being up to nothing, eh? We all know what happens after that, so you know what? We'll see you next week kind of thing, you know? And, uh, uh, the, the, the Columbus bench wasn't too pleased with that. That's but cowardly, but funny. It, it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you shouldn't be talking at all if you're down to zip than the way Tampa Bay's looked so far. But, but I like the swagger. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It does make the games uh, more entertaining. Mike on, Mike on. Can't hear you. That's probably the most entertaining thing that Pierre Maguire said the entire game. <laughs> because he, he, he is duller than a sack of rusty hammers. He does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, a little of him goes a long way, but I do like the way he breaks a game down, though. Jeff, you had the experience of uh, being in between the benches at times at the blind hockey event. Is that really a unique uh, unique experience? Like, do you do you hear things that you just don't expect? <laughs> well, you hear things that you can't repeat on air, that's for sure. Um, but it's totally a unique experience because if you're just sitting in the regular audience or if you're sitting at home watching the game, you don't hear what the coaches have to say. You don't have – you can't – you can tell the players are chirping at each other, but you can't exactly hear what. You can hear gameplay. Uh, you can sort of you, – you can sort of hear and see everything. Uh, so from that vantage point, it's uh, it's unreal. It's, it, it really is. You basically have the best seat in the house if you're right between the benches. And uh, you can see everything and hear everything. And uh, so, yeah, just just from that standpoint, because you don't always get that on TV. Sometimes TV picks up certain audio, uh, but not everything, especially the coaches and, and their, their game plan and stuff. So being between the benches is definitely advantageous. So uh, I love it. I love it. I love being between the benches. It was super fun. Um, but yeah, totally different than any other experience, even if you're at the game. You my, got it. my favorite chirp has got to be... Uh, <laughs> And I, I can't repeat this, but it, it, go look it up on uh, YouTube or Twitter. Matt Martin, when he was playing for uh, the Islanders before he signed with Toronto, had a pretty good one against the opponent's bench. Okay. 
Um, well, we'll look. We'll look for it, that. One. It, was, it was really, really good. It makes me laugh every single time I, I, I see it. Maybe, well, we'll, maybe Brett will uh, tweet that out. We'll uh, look. We'll look for that one. But Jeff, further to what you're saying, I know I did it. Uh, I had the privilege of doing that a couple of times, being between the benches, uh, doing Ontario Hockey League games. And the thing that hit me above, and you do hear a lot, and none of it is, uh, you know. Fit for uh, family consumption. You basically learn a new way. vocabulary. You, you definitely do. But the the thing above all else, the game is so much faster when you're there as opposed to sitting up in the broadcast booth. And it's uh, like going back to the broadcast booth. It felt like the game was in slow motion by comparison. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I've had the opportunity to sit near the benches uh, for some of the games between Guelph and London. And when Guelph was uh, losing seven uh, nothing in in game two, their coach got pretty pretty animated. Oh yeah, and and told them exactly what he thought. Um, Dale Hunter uh, can be a show unto himself he, at times as well. Yeah, he was he was not very happy uh, the last game in London either. But let's uh, talk a little bit about the series themselves. Uh, let's talk Calgary. Calgary uh, got off to that. Uh, one nothing series lead. I don't think it surprises anyone. I could be wrong though. Are you surprised? No, not really. Uh, Colorado, they'll they'll push Calgary, but basically they're a one line team, whereas Calgary is much much more balanced. The other thing too is Colorado did have some great opportunities in that game Wednesday night, but or Thursday night I should say. But uh, Mike Smith stood on his head. I think he even did that a couple of times during the game as well. And as long as he plays like that, uh, I think this will be a pretty quick series. Can I put out there that that was Mike Smith's best game of in a while that we've seen? And he's got to be the, the the engine that gets this thing going. Nobody nobody knew what Mike Smith was going to do. We was kind of just like, mm, we don't know. But he really showed himself in game one, and he's got to continue to do that. I, yeah, I think sorry. that – I think that – we've talked about all season long is that Calgary's got a good team defensively and from a forward perspective, but from the back end and goaltending, that was always the big question mark. And exactly what you just said, Brock, is that what type of Mike Smith are they going to get? Are they going to get the guy who's a, who's been an all-star before? Are they going to get the guy who uh, hasn't been very good and kind of inconsistent over his career? And I think in that first game, he really stepped up, took leadership of that team as he's a veteran. And if they can get goaltending like that, they are one of the scariest teams because I think with the amount of talent that they have through their forwards, through their defense, and if they can get their goaltending to play at that caliber, I honestly put them up there with, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightnings of, of the league. And I know Tampa's not off to a great start. I know they're not off to a great start. And and I and I've mentioned I mentioned this earlier with Norma is that you shouldn't hit the panic button with any team. You're down O two, whatever. No. And especially with a team like Tampa Bay, like they can turn just like that, right? So uh I'm not concerned with Tampa Bay whatsoever. But if Calgary like I said, if they can get the gold hitting like that from Mike Smith, they'll be completely fine. I if, think I think what concerns me about Tampa though, I'm not concerned yet. If they lose on home ice or no, sorry, they did lose on home ice. If they lose ag- again on the road coming back, then that's I don't know. I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that. They're such a good team. They had I think a couple of really long win streaks throughout the course of this season. They can win four in a row pretty easily. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but uh, if worse comes to worse, if they are down three games to none, I w- I still wouldn't put them out of it. They can win four games in a row. Going back to Calgary, uh, it was a good thing that they had a 1A and a 1B in net this year because if they didn't have a 1A and 1B, they would have been in a lot of trouble. When Mike Smith faltered there, British really uh, decided to step up and he played a heck of a season. And I think this is his first season in the league, maybe? I believe so, yeah. So for a rookie goaltender to take the reins as much as he did when the veteran was struggling there, that that's the reason why they're in the playoffs. They had a one A and a one B. Well, you do need two goaltenders to get you through the regular season, and it doesn't hurt even in the playoffs as well. So we'll see what happens. But so far, so good in Calgary. Let's uh, discuss Winnipeg, St. Louis. You could almost say the same thing with the with the uh, Winnipeg Jets down two yes. nothing on the uh, going to the going on the road. Uh, Hellebuck 
let in a few, uh, definitely one soft goal uh, last night, which ended up proving costly. He's been beat on the blocker side, I think, three times in this series against the Blues, and so far that's the difference. uh, Brett, are we hitting the panic button here? I thought uh, going into this series that St. Louis was going to take it anyway. If you look back at before they did a coaching change to when they did the coaching change, they have the best record uh, from, I think it's January 1. I think so, yes. It might have been December 1, but I think it's January 1 going going forward uh, in the entire NHL. So they're my dark horse coming out of the West. Yeah. Uh, The other uh, intriguing – well, there's a couple more intriguing series, but Pittsburgh, um, they're kind of struggling. Dave, you were of the opinion that wait for them to come back? Yeah, the the Penguins – they they were at undisciplined at times. Uh, there were a number. There were I think two instances in the game last night where they would kill off one penalty and then immediately incur another penalty. So their their penalty killing squad got a lot of work last night. Uh, fortunately for them, uh, Matt Murray played extremely well. Otherwise, that score could have been worse. But I think if the you know the Penguins coming home, they'll have a pretty solid you know atmosphere there in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, that's that's largely a veteran club who's been through the wars before. I, I look for this series to go seven games. Brett, Jeff, anyone? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I think that Pittsburgh, I wouldn't count them out yet either. I know they're down 2 nothing to the New York Islanders, and I really, really wow, like the Islanders. you threw in a New York, New York accent there. What's that? You threw in a New York accent there. Yeah, I know. I, I don't York. know where that came from, uh, apparently. It's uh, a part of the playoffs, I guess. Uh, but I, I really like what Matthew Barzell's been doing as well. Two assists in last night's game obviously helped uh, in that overtime win in the first game with a tremendous move. But for Pittsburgh, uh, one goal last night when you have that offense that includes Sidney Crosby, Guinea Malkin, Phil Kessel, uh, Jake Gensel, it just it's just weird when they have one goal by Eric Goodbranson of all people, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. And and I think I think Matt Murray did play good. He uh, faced a, a bunch of shots, thirty four shots, or yeah, thirty four shots to be exact. Um, and it looks like Robin Leonard pretty much faced around the same. So I think they're getting their shots, but they just need to capitalize on their chances. And I was telling Norma earlier today as well that whenever you have some of the top players in the league, like your Malkins and your Crosbys, you're, it's never over until it's actually over. And I know it's cliche to say that, but um, I, I think that Pittsburgh has that experience from uh, previous years in making deep runs. I think that they know exactly what they need, need to do to get out of this situation. But also from a New York standpoint, they have Barry Trotz, who won the Stanley Cup uh, last year. And they've also got Lou Lamorello, who's won plenty of Stanley Cups as well, being their GM. So they've got a lot of leadership, even though they don't have necessarily that playoff experience that Pittsburgh does. They've definitely got leadership in other areas of their organization, which I think can go uh, a long way. But it's just it's weird to see Pittsburgh down, I think, already this early. So, again, this this is going to be a battle. Yeah, before you go, just quickly, the the down... The down part doesn't. It's the two nothing that scares me. That that's. It's not the down. It's the two nothing that scares me. Brad, go. Can we hand Barry Trotz Coach of the Year? Can we hand Robin Lehner, uh Comeback Player of the Year? Can we hand Lou Lamorello Executive of the Year just right this very second? I think all the voting's been done on that. That's that's not based on the playoffs, just the regular season. So well, and you want to, sti- but still, like those the- winners could all be determined. <laughs> Actually, I, if you want to talk about Coach of the Year, I think that should be a three-way split because I think there were three jobs that were uh, three coaching jobs in the league that were head and shoulders above everyone else. One being Barry Trotz with but the Islanders. We but, were we remember how bad the New York Islanders have oh yeah. been historically oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, with uh, the John Tavares guy that now plays in the blue and white oh yeah yeah i seem to recall hearing his name (laughs) and uh now it's just a complete 180 well that that just goes to show you you know what good management and and good coaching does but i was gonna say why i say i think there should be a three-way winner of the jack adams uh, trophy this year 
Two teams didn't make the playoffs, but in my opinion, had no business being anywhere near the playoffs. Claude Julian in Montreal and Rick Tockett mm-hmm. yep. uh, in Arizona. Uh, those guys did masterful jobs. I think every bit as good as Barry Trotz, but they didn't have the talent. And like I say, I think it was amazing that those two teams were even close to being in playoff contention. You see, I agree with you, except for Montreal. I'm going to tell you that Montreal should have been in the playoffs. They no. got yes, no, they, they got they got robbed in the last game they, of the year. They did that and to they, themselves. Yeah, and they, 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 they did do that to Columbus. themselves. They did not beat Columbus when it mattered, and that was the difference between That's, them them and Columbus. You're getting absolutely it. correct. You know, if I, we weren't on air, I, I would say something very I, I was, much I, more colorful about Montreal's performance. I was anyway. trying to be diplomatic to our f- friends who are Montreal Canadian fans and uh, our uh, residents of Quebec, but I mean, y- nothing against look. nothing against Canadians fans. Absolutely nothing against the province of Quebec. But remember something: I, I, I will admit I, I am a Bruins fan, and like I say, this. Canadians, Meep Leafs, so-called rivalry is junk. As far that isn't even a rivalry, as far as I'm concerned. You, you, gonna, want, you want a rivalry? Go to Bruins and Canadians. But, but they're gonna they're gonna sit there and say, "Well, we we took the Leafs. We did this." But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 when's your next game? Um, next October, sometime I think. Yeah. Can uh, I just stir the pot here with uh, this Coach of the Year? Sure. Subject. Sure. You're on the show. You can do that. What about John Cooper? I know normally you don't give coach of the year to the best team in the league, but when a team has 128 points, 21 points more than any other team in the league, does he not at least get his name thrown in the discussion? You know, I, you, you know why? I, I, I don't think so. I was sorry to jump in there, but... Um, uh, the Lightning were expected to be at the top of the league, though. So I think the only surprise is that maybe they got 128 points, you know, when maybe, you know, 108 or 118 might have been good enough. But uh, still, I think in comparison to the other three instances, of, you know, that we've talked about, uh, sorry, John, maybe next year. And I know that the that the that these awards are given out for regular season performance, but look at how bad... Tampa has been now. But don't, don't cut them off. No, 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 no. I am going to cut them off. Because, Steve Stamkos did after the game last night. And, and that's that's great. But come back to me and give give him coach of the year when he's won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will see what happens. But I, I, would, I would at least put him in the conversation. Uh, we're going to wrap. We're going to see what we have in the next segment, and maybe we'll touch a little more on the Leafs because i got some things to say on the Leafs. I know Brett's writing the Stanley Cup parade ready to go, but I think that's a bit much. <sighs> we'll see what else we can get into. We're going to preview the uh, Toronto Raptors' first-round matchup. begins today at 5 p.m. Eastern. Right after the break here on the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Abilities. Stay with us. Welcome back to the spirited edition of the Neutral Zone. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Brett Wills, Dave Recavina, and Jeff Ryman. Dave, I didn't get your name wrong this week. Thank you. It's, I was close once, but it, I'm, we got that covered. I was told to clarify something as we come back. Brett did not say that the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. He said they won their Stanley Cup. Oh. Uh, on the first game, Davis. Oh, Davis. give me a, somebody pour me a drink, please. <laughs> Davis having a heart attack with that comment. He's just I don't know. We'll just you know when you win a game one for the first time in what seems like a dog's age. That's as good as a Stanley Cup for me right now because two thousand no, 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 no. Please don't interrupt me. Fair enough. They have not won a game one since. Rock, 2006. And there were very few expectations coming out of my camp for the Leafs this year. So the fact that they made the playoffs, great. The fact that they've won a game one, great. My, my next expectation is that they beat Boston. That's so, it. That's so it. That's it. That, then, then one you know what? question. One question. If the Bruins beat the Leafs 
in four straight coming up now and win this series in five games. Will you still be happy as a Leaf fan because they did win the first game? I had no expectations. Brett, I have just one thing to say to you. You should be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Here's one more. Here's one more. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Madison is literally my favorite movie. Thank you, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was like, I have to squeeze that in there. (laughs) Oh, I love it, Jeff. That's that's, that's your highlight of the year so far. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Ryman on the buttons and the control. Room. I'll uh, take a bow. Yeah, you, do, you you deserve some sort of award for that. All right, Jeff, you let, deserve a drink or two for that one. All me, right, <laughs> let me let me put some reason into what what Brett has said. I I hear what you're saying with Leaf fans. We won Game One, but just relax. Just they they still have four games to win. It is not even close to over. Yes, they played really well. Nazem Kadri needs to shut up and play hockey instead of barking at the the Bruins bench. Mike Babcock was ridiculously annoyed with this. It just just everybody in Toronto take a deep breath. We still have three more games to win. Let's just watch this. Series. And I apologize if I sounded ridiculous, but that is the best hockey game the Leafs have played all year. Yeah, but it's one. So what? It's one. It's a game one. 2006, Brock, you said it already. 2006. So, Brett, if Boston now wins four in a row, are you still going to be like, oh, that was a successful season. They won the Stanley Cup. Pickled onions, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, thank goodness you are. Because you know what? You've given Dave ammunition. If If the Bruins win, man, you've given Dave ammunition because oh, he's going to say, well, they won the Stanley Cup already, according to Brad. So, like, it's Dave is uh, lining up his ammunition, folks, as we sit here. I just, the Leafs just need to play. And, yeah, it was great. But let's just, let's not plan the parade yet. And for one of my other uh, friends who listens to this program, he, he sends me a message last night. It says, could you imagine if Columbus wins over Tampa Bay and Toronto wins over Boston. Yes. <laughs> that would round. be that would be amazing. However, same story goes, still gotta do the job. And yes, Toronto would have home ice. And folks, there you have it. Brock Richardson, the voice of reason. And and listen, I'm a Leaf fan. Like I, I was I was really, really happy Brett is putting his hand I have up. breaking news. Oh no. It's really, really Is sad. Jake Muzzin in the lineup. To, to <laughs> Canada lost to Finland in the world's oh. world world hockey semis this oh, morning. Oh no! So they will not be playing for gold. Oh, oh, I, oh I thought maybe you're going to come out with something like uh, Zdeno Chera's ice time was going to be limited tonight. <laughs> well, when you're 25 feet tall and your oxygen level is diminished up there. You might as well. Well, the guy is over 40 years old. I mean, just the fact that he's even out there, I think, is tribute enough. But uh, I don't think the Bruins can rely on him as much as they used to. I'll give him a ton of credit. He has a crazy workout regime in the summertime. That is really unfortunate that uh, the women lost in the semifinal. But, uh, you know, that speaks to the uh, parody of uh, women's hockey today. It may not just be Canada... In U.S. anymore? Yeah, that's it's almost yeah. like I mean, it, it does suck from a Canadian's perspective, but at the same time, like, good for Finland because it's always just been why even bother play a tournament when you know it's <laughs> right. going to be Canada, U.S. in and, the finals? And it and used now, to be that way in the World Junior Tournament too. Yeah, you know, and, so and now yeah. I think I think this just helps things moving yeah. forward because yeah. again, and, going back to the WJZ JC. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, it almost wasn't worth watching uh, yeah. because it was only a question of how much was Canada going to win by. But now you got the Russians, you got the Swedes, you got the Finns, you got the Americans. You know, anybody can almost beat anyone. And there's though. always that. There's always that team at the World Juniors sure. that just shows up, and you're just like, "Huh? Wait a minute! Like, where did you come from? Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, Jeff just said in my ear we got three minutes, and I want to get to the Toronto Raptors. Who begin their first round uh, playoff today at 5 p.m. Eastern? Horrible schedule for the Toronto Raptors, but that's for another time. Whatever. So, Toronto Raptors, Orlando Magic. This is another team that has trouble winning game one. How important is game one today for the Toronto Raptors? I think it's going to be. I feel like every game one is important, no matter what series you play. But honestly, for the Raptors, going against the Orlando Magic, I thought was probably the best matchup in terms of uh, uh, what could have been. I think Brooklyn and Detroit were six and eight, respectively. So I think Brooklyn would have been a bit of a tougher match for the Raptors. And obviously, I think a lot of people were always concerned with Detroit, as Detroit swept the season series and of course oh, former yeah. coach Dwayne Casey is there it it wouldn't have worried me but I know a lot of people were <laughs> concerned oh I hope we don't play Detroit in the playoffs but with the Raptors playing Orlando they split their season series 2-2 I I, I think that Toronto is by far a way better team but uh, this first game obviously always important but I don't really think it's going to be much of a matchup Orlando might get one game from Toronto, but I think it's going to be a, a pretty easy series for the Raptors. Orlando's a team that got better, though, as the season got went along, and that's a young athletic lineup. And uh, the Raptors have the better team. It's, it's, it's more of a veteran team. It's a more complete team. Uh, I, I would think the Raptors will win, but it, I would say it could be five, maybe six games. Two very quick things. Terrence Ross, since he's been traded from the Raptors, has been a Raptor killer. Uh, so you got to watch out for him. Secondly, OG Ananobi is out because he got his appendix removed uh, because uh, he's he had stomach pains for the last week. I don't know why they couldn't have removed them earlier. Uh, that may hurt, but I still see the Raptors winning in five. Also, going back to the game one thing, I think a lot of Raptors fans know that they struggle typically in game ones. I don't think they have in the last year or two, but... Before that, I think they were always struggling in the first game, and so that might worry some people. But I think, again, like we've said, their team is completely different. And uh, with Kawhi Leonard and and Kyle Lowry and uh, Pascal Siakam, they, uh, they were completely different than when they were a year ago. So I think fans get to go into this postseason with a completely fresh mind. Yeah, So and another quick programming note, not for this program, but... Uh, for the uh, Toronto Raptors, they will play today and then Tuesday because the Leafs get priority and will have their first home game on Monday. Speaking of our program next week, although it is Easter weekend, we are still here. So tune in next week. You got the Cuba Cam coming back and Dave Recavina, myself and Jeff Ryman joining you. Tune in next week because you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. I'd like to thank... Jeff Ryman, Matt Agnew, and of course our manager of AMI Audio is Andy Frank. I'm your host, Brock Richardson. See you next week.